yeah the i league is still on and there are a few more matches a title still to be decided and might as well know that who ends up winning the title could be trau fc becoming the first team from <laughs> northeast united <laughs> first team from northeast first team from northeast united corrupted corrupted This is what happens when there there people go on rant. I just get confused. Okay, I- you you went on rant. So <laughs> many. Hey, listener, and welcome to another episode of Injury Time, your one-stop shop for everything on Indian football. Well, the ISL season might be done. Congratulations, Mumbai City FC, on your double. But the I League season is still on, and there are some more matches remaining in that, and we'll be talking about it in our further episodes. But today, it's all about you, the listener, the questions that you have sent us on our social media handles, and we are here to answer every single one of them. Well, I'm Naveen, and helping me do this episode are our usual faces. Sandeep, the man behind this movement. Hey, Sandeep. Hello. Hi, and Akash. who i think has had one or two shots of caffeine already which is helping me stay past midnight hello akarsh yeah i can't uh, i couldn't rely on this discussion and you guys to keep me awake well you are in for some surprise there i assure you that and also joining us is shlok who still i am pretty sure reeling under the excitement of his team finally winning the isl right shlok yes not taking shit from any other clubs now khatam like <laughs> yeah that's the mumbai garage shlok talking to you Guys, <laughs> like I said earlier, this episode is all about answering the question that our listeners have posted. So, without wasting much of time, let's just start start right away. Right, first up, uh, we have a question from one of our listener, Roy Arana, and the first one, Sandeep, is this, this one's for you because he wants to know more about the new Bengaluru FC that we'll be seeing starting from the AFC Cup playoffs. His question is: What is your assessment of, of the new BFC coach, Marco Perzaioli? How did he come across in your first interview with him? First of all, uh, congratulations for saying that name uh, correctly, because uh, <laughs> this is the man who once called Rao Taru. That just me thinks. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, the first media interaction was good. Uh, he came across as someone who says uh, a lot of the right things, in the sense that he he likes to play attacking football, press from the front. you know all those kind of uh, i mean there was a lot of questions about gegen pressing and all which i think is a little far fetched to play in india but anyway he will play on the front foot he wants to have the ball most of the time he is not a reactive sort of manager he doesn't want to do long balls he wants to create situation through quick passing and uh, especially in transition so these are some of the things that we took away from him or his idea that he wants to instill in uh, bfc he has also called up a few younger names uh, jagdeep singh ashish shakti who have all been doing quite well in the bdfa super division four of them uh, made it to the early training sessions with him and uh, he seems keen on adding players from the youth uh, youth system and even buying young players uh, from other clubs as well to add to the team but uh, having said that he's only looking to find players who's going to add things to a bfc squad and uh, not just another body that they can have in the team so it'll be interesting what kind of uh, player and you know what profile he goes for 
and to see whether i don't know with dimas and eric and everyone if they can continue to play a you know high press game so some changes might be coming in in that sense i feel well shlok uh, let me ask you this regarding bfc ever since uh, the club was formed in 2013 if i'm not wrong and then their entry into the isl in the 2017 18 season this uh, team has been a standard bearer of 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 certain st- stage right in indian football right. last season we saw them go through a first real slump if, if i may say so uh, how do you see this team come out of this um certainly it's going to be tough for them now because again financially you have two powerhouses now mumbai and atk mb um sc is bengal again i don't know what's exactly going on with them but it seems like you know their um sponsors or investors are uh, richer than what bfc have and as i've always said before bfc are going to have to tough it out i i don't think it's going to be an immediate bang wherein next year they can come back so quickly it's going to be two or three years of figuring out um you know which young players they want to groom and figuring out what their philosophy is going to be because uh, again we'd seen that article earlier on uh, the money that spent on miko and how they drastically cut it down and have essentially spent it on four different forwards now so they won't be able to get a player of miko stature with that amount of money i think they'll have to do like a lot more smart scouting uh, on foreigners as well as indians so uh, there'll be a large shift in philosophy that way so we'll, i think it'll take them some more time to just come to terms with that i think there will be a situation so this miku thing right it's very curious because if you look at the history of that club they've never been one of the highest spending clubs in that uh, when they were in i league especially but they will always get the right players and have a player like say first season they had uh, navin kumar i want to say is the goalkeeper's name then very next after they won the title they bought uh, moya and the year after they bought amrinder and they kept the other goalkeeper in the team just to ensure that you know they are pushing each other and the same happened with uh, keegan perera and uh, fanai chwante who they got uh, or uh, right back in uh, rino and i think vishal was there in the beginning in the midfield also they bought eugene in the wing they had uh, semelin dungal who came in uh, after udanta came in then Beko was out and uh, Malim was out. You know, Thoi Singh was there and Eugene came. So they always had this in the early years, a philosophy of getting another player who's going to push the team forward. I think that's the one they have to, you know, reverse go back to. Because Miku being there at that time, this dramatically changed the whole uh, concept of how BFC worked. And subsequently, I think they also want to make a splash entering into a, you know, ISL with a lot more eyeballs on them. They wanted to make a statement that, you know, we are the best in India and we can continue to easily transition and things of that nature, which they successfully showed. And uh, I think since then, they have sort of tried to hold on to the to that, but without spending as much money. And there is also no competition. Like, it, it's very strange, right? You buy someone like Ashikurinian for that amount of money. And then the moment I saw, I was like, okay, he's going to either compete with Sunil or he's going to compete with Udanta for a place because the number nine is generally a striker. So, yeah, this is how it's going to be. And they made him into a left back. Whether that's the coach's decision or the management decision, I don't know. Maybe it's the coach only. But the whole point was to push the other guy and they never pitted him against. And there, there are some players who are there who are quite comfortable. They know they are the first choice player. and uh, that i don't think is great for a team when they are trying to catch up to to really really uh, rich teams plus almost every other team who can spend as much as them east bengal can do that 
um, Kerala Blasters can do that. All of them may not spend wisely, but they can spend just as an equal amount of money. Well, football, Baba, how do you look at this? Other teams in the ISL now can spend, if not more, at least as much as BFC can. How do you see them coming back to where they were? So, interestingly, um, first of all, Shlok um, was talking about that article. It was a Kelnow article. Uh, we should give credit before sort of you you get a copyright violation. <laughs> but Negi Negi is a friend. So so I know I know why it's a pot shot at Ashish Negi. <laughs> but um, so so when we say it's the first slump for BFC, right? It's technically it's not. You know what? In in the 2016 and 2017 season, when they finished fourth in the I League, this was their problem. It's it was the same problem that they did not have a good uh, uh, foreign striker, and that was to be blamed at the recruitment rather than Albert Roca at that time, uh, because BFC played fairly well. There was it, it for 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 a for a. Club with a misfiring striker, BFC did fairly well. And talking about the season where Izol won, right? And uh, they had the same problem. And this was solved after uh, the next season when they joined ISL and they got Miku. I think it was the first season, right? Yes. But, so I'm just saying it's it's actually a matter of it could be it could be a matter of just signing a couple of great players who come off really well, mm-hmm. and and it could transform BFC. I still right. think they have good enough Indian players. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, they've lost their advantage because if if this rule of three plus one would have come about two years ago, they would have had the best Indian players in their lineups, right? right? But right now, they don't. So it might not work out for them from an Indian point of view right now. Uh, but I think they still have good enough players, and if they can complement it with some some master stroke signings, I understand they they don't have the budget, and they'll never have the budget uh, in the near future. I feel. Uh, but just just to just to sort of bring up that point, it was it, it Miku made a lot of difference, and that one or two strikers make a lot of difference. And I remember from that season in 2017 I League, that was the difference between Bengaluru FC winning it and finishing fourth. They could not just they could not they were they were pretty good at the start and the end of the season, but the 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 time they started misfiring was when they couldn't find goals. And I think they were only the only two there were only two clubs who had. Their top top scorer as an Indian top scorer. Obviously, it was Chetri in this case, but there was only there were only two clubs, and that and that was not a good sign. Like I know it should be a good sign, but that was actually that was that actually backfired on Bengaluru FC in 2017. So I think this is this is a repeat of that slum, and they can come out of it. But let's see. It it depends a lot. It's it's a huge gamble signing a foreign player, but also utilizing him. Sandeep is also right right now. Brown is firing. Onwu was firing after leaving BFC. Then they need to sort of. Change their philosophy a little. Uh, they need to be a more. I think they have the players to play a more attractive style of football. It's only sort of handcuffing them if they don't. Well, uh, Sandeep, uh, uh, football baba has spoke about the 16-17 season a year before they actually entered ISL and then started competing in the ISL. The 16-17 season is a time, if I'm not wrong, we saw Roka for the first time in India in a league, and also the season where they ended up playing the AFC Cup final. Will you call that a poor season? So the I League season was actually the next season. AFC Cup uh, run was the year. I mean, sort of like the between these two because the Indian yeah, calendar just, is not, you know, it's right. not aligned with the Asian calendar, right? Right, right. So <clears throat> if you look at the run they had in the Asian, I, I mean, I might sound people may not think or uh, I don't know the right word. They may think I'm ragging on Roka, but 
when he took over a team that was a champion team of india and that was a team that was already in the quarter final if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. that's where ashley had left them right so then there was only the quarter final and semi final which is still an amazing achievement but that was a great team that he had over there and then what happened is when and these are you you know one two matches against the team like tampines rovers the first leg when i think you and i were both there uh, watching yeah. the game right that game could have gone either way had ck vinit not you know scored yeah but ck was at his prime then so right you would expect those things from him mm-hmm. and then like carles has spoken about this in the podcast the away leg and see what they can do if they can nick the goal in the home leg and things saving said that they played uh, johar out of the park but eugene scored a worldy in the first leg right. in the first uh, you know the first leg, leg. yeah so that away goal carries a lot of weight so a lot of things worked in their favor also because they had players who were doing exceptionally well but then once it came to a season where you had to play week in week out eugene was no longer the midfielder that we saw him as they was played often wide left or wide right they bought uh, leni in and they had a problem with the striker whether it's norales or colonel glen also was there for a period of time i think so all these kept on changing daniel was never going to be a 10 goal uh, striker so they missed consistent goal scoring because sunil will get you there but you need someone to help him like sunil is like an extra foreign player you have he's like a brandon and sunil there are two players i always think of as it feels like they are these clubs have an extra foreigner because of how good these two are but he needs somebody to score goals and that's the interesting thing right they succeeded with miku there is this, uh, and then there is a bunch of players who did not succeed and then when you look at it last season we heard rumors koro uh, ogbeche apparently was interested to move to bangalore because he liked the city i don't know if the bangalore had any contact with them directly there were rumors of aridane santana also being uh, some another target who carles had openly said someone like him will make a big difference the year before and then they opted for you know somebody else but the thing is like maybe there is something that we want to find the next miku an attitude like that because pradyum in the you know season review was saying the same thing because when you have proven goal scorers in this in the league who have succeeded in the league who you can potentially sign why would you gamble if you are not 100% certain like miku was a certainty he played for venezuela You, then that's to play for a south american national team is not an easy job so he was a certain uh, you know uh, 100% success but very few otherwise are like manuel onbu or uh, whoever they signed uh, christian upset or the one before and one in between dishon brown all these guys are may or may not be successful so why would you not take a gamble at the sure fire thing so we have to see there is a lot to lot of questions with the recruitment we have to see if they can get it right because the new coach has come he has his own philosophy if they want to play the way he wants to play they need to get him the players that he needs which is again what happened with roka when they got dimas and eric and edu garcia and miku and all of them came together they suddenly became very very good the year before that they could they didn't have the personnel to play the kind of football roka wanted to play so this will all be a key factor as the season goes on we have to see how they are going to develop as a team well shlo coming to you uh, sandeep spoke about how this new coach will need the kind of players he wants that suits his philosophy to play his style of football that means the te- the team will and will have to end up spending a lot but given the budget given the constraints that indian football has today and given that 
other teams in the ISL today has an equal amount of spending strength. Can they compete? Can BFC compete? Yeah, I mean, we've seen like quite a few recruitments, foreign recruitments, if you're speaking, that have come in on a budget and they've performed pretty well, actually. So it's more about that. But um, mainly what I wanted to ask uh, both uh, Akash and Sandeep was what, what do you all think about Clayton? Because uh, in my opinion, he's he seems like a fairly creative player. He's been performing better than both Onwu and Brown for BFC. And I still feel he can do a lot more if used maybe a bit better so um, that, that I just wanted to defer to them. As in, do you think he's going to continue next season, or do you, can you see him being part of uh, the new BFC where you're looking at pressing? But also, when we're talking about you know having a creative presence to support Shetriya and Udanta. Well, Baba, do you want to take that? Oh, I want to take the earlier one. I think I think uh, Sadeep is taking too much credit away from uh, Roka. It's it's not like I mean. We saw Bengaluru playing a very different style and probably because of style of keeping possession, which which Westwood didn't always do. There was a lot of pragmatism. But when Roka implemented a possession-based style, it, it you started playing with the ball, right? Which meant the other team wasn't playing with the ball. And that's always a problem. That was always a weakness for an Indian team. But also because Sunil Chetri was at his peak. So he was like a foreign striker then. And also the 3 plus 1 rule where... Uh, where you you have just four foreigners and you're relying on Indians and BFC's Indians were pretty good at that time. I think Udanta didn't even start the final. Uh, Mishu was there. I think Reno Anto was there. And John John Johnson and Juanan was the defensive pairing, which is as solid as anything in Asian in, in, in the AFC Cup or in Asian football at that moment. And Cameron Watson was also there at that time. And he was a brilliant player back then. But also also players like CK Vineet were on fire and you know, so that that squad was a champion squad, but also I think Roka took it to the next level at that at that time. Ha! In the I League, it's a different ball game for various reasons. I mean, for example, I'll tell you the the one match I really want to watch again. I don't know how to do that. To do that, there was an East Bengal versus Bengaluru FC match in Calcutta, and not in Salt Lake, some other ground. I forgot the name. Uh, and for twenty minutes, I have not seen a an away performance better than that from any club. In the last five, six years, I've watched so closely. It was exceptional. Bengaluru FC was like they they blew, blew East Bengal off the park. And at that point, Mehtab Singh decided, screw this, I'm going to kick players. And when he started doing that, it the game, the game completely changed. And that told me about how BFC was. BFC was probably a side which was meant for AFC competition, where you know you can play that sanitized football. But when it came to the I-League, when when players were kicking. The, the opponents when they were getting into rough tactics and and BFC had to fly to an Isol and a Shillong and all that and 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 a, and a complete change of environment and and different playing styles they sort of struggled where they where they were relying on on a for, on, on a foreign striker brilliance that that didn't come so I wouldn't say I wouldn't I wouldn't want to I sort of I just wanted to add I wouldn't take away that credit from Roka I think he did really well. But I also think uh, I-League was a completely different proposition. At that point, the I-League was pretty strong as well. The ISL and I-League weren't running simultaneously. So, all the good players were there as well. So, so I, just, just to add that. The other, other sorry, the last question was... Uh, thoughts on Clayton? Ah, Clayton. Clayton is... Uh, I really enjoyed Clayton's game. I think uh, BFC couldn't find him a... Like, he needs a... He's not a full-blown striker. He needs somebody else. Or he needs somebody to provide him a service. 
but i think he's better off in a number 10 role or just as a as a secondary striker he's he's really good at his creativity and uh, i i i hope he's he's still at bfc or he still remains at bfc because he he looks like a really good talent i i i quite enjoyed his play actually he's probably the best bengaluru fc player of the season right well clayton there for you guys uh, we move on to the next question this is again coming to you sandeep because it's about ksfa the bdfa league the super division that you were covering a few weeks ago which bengaluru and united end up winning beating bengaluru fc reserve side or the b team Uh, the question, sure. the question is again from Roy Aran. His second question for us: Are the bans that the KSFA handed out to the players after the fight that broke out following that match between Bengaluru United and Bengaluru FC valid only for the state match, state level matches, or is it valid across the domestic circuit in the country? And the reason why he asked this question is because he's seen Jagdeep Singh, one of the players who was handed out this ban, being called up by BFC for training ahead of their AFC Cup playoff match. yeah so um, this is actually a little complicated to answer because most of the ksfa officials did not know they just sort of gave the dikkat and just sort of moved away from it and while you we are trying to find out one of the former fifa referees is someone who finally gave me the answer to this since they banned him for months and not matches so let's say they banned him for five matches it would have been under the jurisdictions of bdfa but since he's banned for 3 months or 6 months depending on who you're talking about they will not be eligible to play in uh, any tournaments uh, in india so that means uh, like him uh, i also saw jagdeep singh jagdeep singh as one of the players that was called up uh, i don't think he'll be eligible to play in the afc uh, cup if he is selected for it which is which is still a big if but yeah it's a it's a proper ban so won't be playing uh, any of this but by the way you know interesting interesting anecdote so uh, bfc were fined altogether 80000 rupees for uh, four different offenses from four different people mm-hmm. and they finished second and won 50000 rupees <laughs> back from the video <laughs> good so BDF. if they had, if they had actually won that whole tournament they would have got a lakh and a half okay so, Now they yeah, will be there for 30 grand more. Yeah, I mean 80,000 rupees for a club like BFC is actually peanuts. So yeah, true. It's not that bad. But but especially I just uh, it's just to add that the fact that BDFA took a stand mm-hmm. uh, was something good to see because they wanted to make an example that uh, even a, a big club cannot take them for a ride like they have to true. abide by the rules. So that's Absolutely. specifically why they went and banned uh, four people. for different divisions well what this also shows is what akarsh has mentioned in the pod in the past that problems with uh, players not treating referees uh, with respect at the domestic at an ice level or an i league level it starts from here like the infestation starts from your domestic circuit and bdfa coming ahead and uh, giving out this bans and fines could somewhat set a precedent for players to like tre- start treating people on the pitch when they play with equal amount of respect that they expect from the others right uh football baba yeah i've been i've been saying it for a while i mean you can't really like it starts everything starts from the bottom i i remember saying this as well about refereeing decisions right in the i league the refereeing decisions have been horrendous at times but they get flown under the radar or the, the same decisions happen in the isl and it gets like oh my god what is happening like these the i league refer- the, the when the when the decisions go wrong in the i league 
even the refereeing reports don't have that decision like right. the refereeing reports is where you where the referees are rated and judged that incident isn't mentioned there are some ridiculous penalty calls that are not given in the i league which are so obvious that it's it's unbelievable that they were not given and eventually they're going to happen again and again in the isl so i mean the accountability always starts on the bottom but we in indian football we don't know how to think do things from the bottom right we can't just, we, don't to, we don't know how to build systems from the bottom up hum to top pe directly karenge top down approach hai there right it goes for referees it goes for age fraud it goes from for baby leagues i mean to start people early players players today started playing at the age of 12 when they're supposed to start at the age of 5 or 7 <laughs> but we don't know how to do things from the bottom right so so this is always going to happen the respect where kon sikhayega who is going to teach respect in any case in this country there is there is no concept of respect in general these days <laughs> what is going to happen well sandeep in bdfa uh, the referees are scared for their life are they yeah yeah so bdfa i mean i think this goes beyond bdfa generally uh, all the referees who do the local division matches they have a terrible time of it you know, because they get paid uh, i think less than 500 rupees per game mm-hmm. so they can't take this as uh, their main source of income because it right. only happens for like 3 months and then the a divisions probably get paid much lesser than that mm-hmm. so they have to do this they have to make decisions they get abused by people they get pushed on shouted on all these kind of things but like ye top down approach that akash was talking about it's interesting because Uh, the top division that we have so a lot of the european players and south americans especially are very smart there is a thing called game management mm-hmm. and that's very important in football and it's not something that indians are very well versed in to manage a game like our game management when we are defending is to smash the ball like to straight to the opposition defender so that you can start building again right so that's the level of thought goes into the game management here but the foreigners who come here they are very smart like if you see this is something i love about uh, bangalore fc they influence the referee a lot if anything happens dimas is right there eric is right there uh, seran used to be right there gaego does this you know edu bedia does this the moment something happens he's right there talking to the referee saying look he, i did one tackle he did four over there or this is just my first tackle why is there a card you know this generally talking to them to just input a small doubt in their head so that the next decision might go their way you know all these kind of small small things is massive so the issue is like our referees probably don't have the experience of dealing with the players putting pressure on them so maybe the education like accuracy is so important here because at the top level you are dealing with players who have played at a certain height in europe or wherever they may they may have been and they will bring that experience here and our referees can't deal with it. so uh, then the, the the problem comes when it comes down to the lower levels and the people just think you can just go stand in front of the referee's face and shout abuses at him that that's the the connection because top down approach it has so it will come from the top only right so sorry uh, state of indian football in simple words well roy i think you're happy with the answers that our guys had for your questions let's move on the next question comes from trevor pereira akarsh His question is: uh, When will this overinflated Indian football salary bubble going to burst? Oh, it's it's um, actually the COVID times have leveled it off quite decently. It's not affected the top top division. Uh, it's affected the top division in many ways, actually. Well, be the, the the effects are going to be felt for a couple of seasons. 
there'll be some clubs obviously which are immune to all this but uh, the rest of the clubs won't be and we already we, we already know uh, um i league in the i league the players are getting salaries about 10000 per month and they get contracts right from the first day of pre season to the last day of the season that's it that's the window it's not like a full full contract either it, it's it's a it, it it is it is leveling off there will be people uh, there will be players who are going to feel the effects of it players who aren't but like i mentioned in the previous pod as well it 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 should bother people that if an amrinder can buy a villa or a gurpreet can buy a villa in dubai and an i league player who's the, the 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 league from where you you scout your players and and where where players get a lot of time to build to the next stage in that league your players are getting 10000 rupees per month and can barely get by this ecosystem is not going to work like things need to change and um, i also feel that indian salaries however much you want to sort of romanticize about it oh look at this look at how commercial this game has become and look at our indian players earlier they could barely get by they had to have two jobs and now they can earn this much i mean certain certain players who are getting inflated salaries because of their in- exposure to exposure to the under, in the under 17 world cup or in just in general where they're just getting too much too much too much money and they're getting a little greedy and eventually they're going to start feeling that i'd rather just get get a good payday done rather than play for 10 years this is going to happen eventually but who knows when the bu- bubble will burst hopefully uh, um not not anytime soon hopefully with the open system or promotion relegation things will sort of uh, level off even teams will start realizing that they can't really afford so much uh, luxury or i mean i i don't know but but, but covid has sort of leveled things off in any case people uh, so clubs are feeling the effect of it well there's a sense of sadness i can make out from akash's tone there but trevor only thing we can give you right now is a hope that one day things can get would get better in indian football guys you know what there is a connection here in that now every club and is not just indian football right world over every club treats uh, a big big signing like it's a trophy if you see the way uh, sanchez to manchester united how he was unveiled it's a video it's like this guy is coming oh my god he's going to change everything you know all these kind of things so in india also they have fallen prey to this like the hooper atten coming to kerala blasters and then you know all these kind of uh, exuberant fact that oh we have to play the highest amount of money to bring nishukumar has come for 5 crore to you know kerala blasters look at the money that he has been given all credit to nishu uh, no problem with him earning how much our money that he has but the next left back that they have ruvatara i don't know how much he is earning but definitely not in the crores and the next guy is uh, jessel and uh, apparently they are signing um, sanjeev stalin who is the under 17 left back and also hormi pan from round glass punjab so they are just signing players and the under the one marquee player will get all the money and the ones underneath them even in the isl they are not getting paid as well although they are getting paid significantly more than what an i league player would make but how long can a club who has to pay the league for you know let's say what for 14 crores 13 crores something to the league just to play then pay all the players 
then not have uh, too much money in return from the league or from television unless they qualify for the you know top 4 and then go on to win the title and things so how long can you sustain that kind of an investment my biggest fear in indian football is one day the people who are investing just decides not do it anymore we have seen it in i league with bharat fc and things like that corporate entries who come put money then realize that this is some money this is like it's not going to give any dividends anytime soon and then pull the plug and move on at some point uh, we've already seen two clubs shut down in the isl and they have been propped up uh, by some some maverick magic work that uh, fsdr has managed to do but at the end of the day if there is no long term dividends even long term dividends not even in the next 5 10 years the people investing money is going to stop and then where do we go the old legacy clubs start probably there but not able to play that kind of pay that kind of money and then the players their ratings are very high and this also ruins another thing the indian players get paid a lot more in india than they would if they go outside so that takes an i feel like that's that's not equal right generally when you go out of a country you are supposed to get paid more so yeah it just feels very strange the whole market and the, uh, and my biggest thing is one year out and sandeep singh returns they give him a pay raise i've never heard this thing in any part of any world other than manchester city or manchester united because they can do all this kind of nonsense well that's the state of affairs in indian football guys moving on from uh, that question from trevor pereira the next one comes from navid sandeep how true are the rumors about an exodus of bfc players are there is there an exodus of bfc players so there will be few people moving but i don't think there will be an exodus because a lot of their foreigners are there anyway on one year notice and uh, sorry one year contract and some of them have left already so they'll obviously uh, replace them but uh, again 4 plus 1 sorry 3 plus 1 rule this time around so probably get one less foreigner i think rahul beke is an open secret now that he is moving to mumbai uh, everywhere people are talking about it it looks like a done deal so there will be few changes suresh was also linked to east bengal but i don't think that's happening although they are offering some crazy money but again i don't think he'll leave as from from what i've heard and uh, what i've heard conversations and things but yeah mass exodus probably not i mean they are not bfc are not in a, that kind of a situation where they need to completely rebuild they just need to add few things here and there uh maybe a couple of good indian players here couple of good foreign one good striker and one uh, one good midfielder i think dimas might be at the end of his uh, time in bfc probably need an upgrade over there i think that's pretty much all they need once yonan comes back i think they'll be sorted they need a center half an indian center half uh, upgrade on pratik chaudhry so yeah these kind of things they don't really need to have a main like you know complete overhaul and to be fair right i've seen their second division team there are players in there uh, who people may not have seen in, even in this isl like uh, bisa darji who is i think injured he can do a really good thing sajay chetri is a good player who can always come in and uh, if he gets a run of games you can see that he will take over uh, that indian midfield role uh, alongside uh, suresh and they have uh, shivashakti who is now scoring a lot of goals in bdf division and we have to see if he can convert that at a higher level as you know as he climbs up the level so the question is will they get chance i don't i'm not sure but uh, there is not dearth of talent in that team also they have quite a decent uh, team in the second division team also coming up 
All right then. Well, address moving on before moving on addressing the open secret slow here. Uh, Rahul Beke coming to Mumbai FC a much needed signing for them. How do you see the team going uh, going with their business uh, in the coming season? Oh, uh, okay. So from what I know, there's I think um, two sides of things. One is that the CFG board really wants uh, more Mumbai centric players. You know, we saw the signing of Farooq Chaudhary. Uh, we're seeing Rahul Beke coming in. Ashutosh Mehta was also linked. You know, so there is that Mumbai connection that uh, the club wants to build. That you have like a more regional eleven. Um, what I'm thinking about are the consequences mainly. Um, I'm not sure if Rakhip will stay, and I'm I don't know how to feel about that because I really really like him. Um, Amir Anawde, as it stands, is on a one-year contract, but I think he will extend not just because Lobera likes him, but he's had like a pretty good season, so he's someone who can stay. The thing about Rahul Beke is that because of the three-plus-one rule coming in, also he could shift in as a centre-back, and because we lost out on Sarthak Golwi and we didn't replace him, and Valpuria's contract is ending at the end of the season, it kind of makes sense to go for a defender who can slot it both at right back and centre back, and you know Sarthak and Valpuria could do those things, so it it does make sense. Um, I'm again not exactly sure about how many minutes he'll get in the system. But it's a welcome signing overall. It adds depth. It adds strength to the team. Well, brighter days for Mumbai City FC, a team that just won a double in the Indian Super League. Sandeep, coming to you back again with another question from Navid. Four foreigners for BFC going into the AFC playoffs. Is Parthalu past his prime? Who are the four? Is so Eric is there, Dimas is there, and they've signed a new defender as well. Mm-hmm. So these three, I am. Um, I have a couple of people have asked me about Clayton whether he is here or not, and honestly, I don't know the answer. But he has a contract till May thirty first, so I assume uh, they would use him because, like, I agree with Akar. So he said earlier he was their best uh, best player. You can make a very strong case that he was their best player because it's not just what he does on the ball; it's what he does off the ball as well. His movement is very very intelligent. The spatial awareness and all are very intelligent, which will be very useful at an Asian level more than maybe in an ISL level as well. And Parthalu, so last year he had an amazing season, which rewarded him with a two-year contract. And this year we have seen a little bit of a dip. But is that because of uh, everything around him was also not at the same level? That could be a reason. And he is not scoring as many goals because this time BFC didn't score as many goals, especially from set pieces where he was a big threat. But having said that, he he is. Past his prime would be difficult to say because I think he has another year in him easily, and I do really like him as a person also because more than football is not just about uh, I mean it's a large part is about what happens on the field but Parthalu off the field is a big voice in the dressing room he's someone he's a leader so they need him he's one of the main big guys in that team who can lead the team by example because he works very very hard. And uh, he makes sure that the people around him work hard. And Suresh has improved a lot. Like when he came in, Parthalu took him under his wing along with uh, Dimas, and they worked very hard, especially on the long balls that uh, Suresh wanted to learn. And Parthalu was sort of helping him out with that from the beginning, and it paid dividends. I think uh, Deshawn Brown scored against Kerala Blasters with from a long ball that uh, Suresh had given at the end of last season. So he is. A big influence in the team. So uh, another year, I think, is absolutely uh, worth having Parthalu around. I don't think uh, it's going to be detrimental at all. All right, that about the BFC foreigners. But Akash, coming to you with the Indians in that team. Uh, Navid has another question, and his question is: Do you think 
Bengaluru FC is trying to focus on their academy and reserves instead of competing with other clubs for players on transfer. They might be forced to, but it won't be too bad a thing. It would probably be good for them in the longer run. Let's see. I mean, Arjindal wasn't shy of saying that BFC's academy is the best in Asia. Uh, nobody called him out for that. <laughs> so, yeah, you, on, on Twitter, he once replied to Mihir, who's the Indian Express uh, right. journalist, uh, who had written something about academies and grassroots in the ISL. And Path replied saying, this, this is the best academy in Asia. Infrastructure-wise, I think he's right. Yeah, so so let's see if it produces players. It should, but maybe maybe it's just too early. Uh, but I still think they have they'll they will have enough uh, good Indians to. They need a philosophy again. They need a system where you fit in, right? I mean, clubs like Chennai City didn't have mind-blowing players, but they had a system and they played uh, the best damn football in India that season. Maybe except for FC Goa. So you can play damn good football. You can see that in Aizol as well in the I League, right? You 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 have basically a Santosh Trophy team with with one foreigner. You can play great football with with the lesser known talents, and uh, maybe Bengaluru FC can pivot to that. I mean, the earlier philosophy was to get players and then develop them, and then they would go on to represent the national team, right? And they had uh, a coaching staff who were able to do that. which i think subsequently has not really happened as much so reverting back to that would be perfect and with people like mandar and uh, or, you know running in the running the club behind he has a lot of connections he will know who are the good players and i think uh, if they scout them right no they can probably get that uh, maybe i don't know who is the assistant coach coming uh, this year so if they will get the right coaching staff i think they can do a wonders with that uh, B team because that B team is quite good. Leaving. No, no, I mean the foreign assistant. Okay, I was thinking. Musa, no, no. So yeah, there is something interesting. Okay, so I spoke to Mandar the other day, and uh, he was talking about. So I was asking him about Indian coaches and and when if PFC would be interested in giving a chance to an Indian coach at some point because by the time I spoke to him, they had already hired uh, Marco. So uh, Marco, who's uh, born in germany and has connections to italy and his mother is dutch so football philosophy wise he is like well rounded in that sense yeah. so um, coach yeah the full proper globalization type coach mm. so um, he said one of the main reasons like musa was given such a long time here and they didn't try to change him at all is so that he gets the experience coaching in the isl and so that when he goes back to the b team he is aware of the demands of the top division league and what the players should be ready for and he can prepare them in such a manner that the transition to the first team is easier which is a very interesting uh, way of looking at it because you know we have a guy who knows who had around 10 games in the i league in the isl and knows okay and he's one of the good things and bad things about mosa is he's very honest <laughs> so he has said a lot of things like uh, these players are not ready or they'll take some more time to be ready he said i myself will take a few a few couple more years to be ready to coach at this level but he knows what it takes now so he'll go down and he'll incorporate that into the youth series youth systems and hopefully in a couple of years or maybe uh, another 5 years let's say 
they will be able to produce consistently uh, the players that they need to you know start in directly or much easier to the highest level it sounds like a pretty promising decision if you think about it you know like yeah. you this season was more or less over when carlos left so they say you know forsake it focus on this new thing where you're going to go for more academy based players value for money kind of thing well navid i hope you are happy with uh, the answers that our guys had for you moving on the next question comes from a very interesting twitter handle it goes by the name harvard versus hard work and the twitter handle is @turmurtu and the question is for shlok and i'm pretty sure you'll be very happy with this question shlok shlok is bipin singh the best goddamn winger in the country today i don't care if i'm right or wrong <laughs> i'm just going to say yes <laughs> yes i i just don't care he just is man i mean to go ahead and do what he did in the final in like the most aguero esque fashion it's just hey, come on dude dude 90th minute okay and it was not an easy finish i like it deserves the hype aguero <laughs> yeah are the timing and everything it's just like phenomenal But... Shlok is not buying any other argument. <laughs> ah, yeah, Vipin is the best, bro. Like propaganda, chalo. That's it. <laughs> well, Harvard versus hard hard work. That's the answer for you. I don't know if that's what you were looking for, but that's what Shlok has for you guys. Moving I'm, on. I, I'm trying to recollect uh, which other wingers are doing well. Me also. I'm also thinking of the same thing. I, I who is that winger in now? Churchill Brothers. Sorry. Churchill Brothers had that winger, no? Brian, नहीं वो Miranda, Bryce, Bryce, Miranda, Bryce, हाँ Bryce Miranda, but he's not like a no no but I like I like you can't compare with an ISL वो तो है ही हाँ no no I'm just thinking of random names that people wouldn't have heard of like everybody talks about Halicher and we'll talk about Jerry and these Liston and all these people so I'm trying to think outside who is there with an outside chance हाँ ये so this is this is your cool cool वाला वो कि यार I have I watch I, 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 I have hip knowledge. Uh, I I do this with a song. I, there's a song called uh, Lifehouse Hang Hanging by a Moment. So I, I know that. I don't listen to any music. I don't listen to any music. But whenever somebody says that, I'm like, I my favorite song is Hanging by a Moment. Just to be just to sound cool. It is actually, and people don't know about it. <laughs> so it's good. Indian football already is like a super hip thing. Uske upar you all just yeah. like keep going down, down, down. Like, no, but I actually just, do like Bryce Miller to be fair. Yeah. But yeah. No, I mean, it just gets more and more obscure, man. It's just like. Well, I need to stop laughing for a minute. No, he's, he's right. Bryce Miranda has uh, sort of uh, got the eyeballs in the I League. Yeah, yeah. Arota Gurkirath has also got the eyeballs in the I League. Emil Benny also has got the eyeballs. Yeah, Emil Benny, but he's not a winger, right? He's no, no. At least, at least, not he's not playing in that position. There's a chance that he might be in BFC next year. I feel, in my heart, I feel. Okay, nobody told me anything. But in my heart, I feel like there's. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to progress into a, a great attacker at BFC like others have. But anyway, um, yeah, that, like was that was something. Mm-hmm. But okay. Yeah, I know. I got it. Huh. So <laughs> no, I was just trying to recollect uh, who are the wingers because our wingers are essentially strikers who are playing on the wings. You have Liston. Uh, you have Narzari, Narzari, ni Narzari, right? How do you pronounce it? Narzari. 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 Oh, so, chalo, he's he's. I won't rate him because for ten years he has. He hasn't done much. He suddenly gone into the net. <laughs> it's not going to work out anyway. That too, like for half a season. Yeah, that too for half a season. And uh, Yasir is uh, somebody. Manveer. Who... Manveer is playing as a right guy, but Manveer. Manveer is playing as a winger. Prabir is Prabir plays as a right wing or right back. 
and he's exciting but uh, susai was playing as a winger it's very hard to judge who's the best winger Into- I, I, i think bipin bipin definitely nah. is the best right now in terms nah. of what he's doing uh, so much so much depends on the on the quality of uh, on on the style of play these clubs are yeah playing. yeah for instance for instance i know everybody is excited about hyderabad fc he's six hyderabad fc players going into the national team but when you have to defend against a qatar for 90 minutes i don't know how that's going to be pull, pull, they're going to pull off uh, dude and it's largely affected by someone like aridane he's a very like uh, so, central yeah, figure yeah, 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 like he he reference. helps everyone around him you know like he makes everyone else also look better than they actually could be yeah even at northeast united who was the winger I think Machado, Machado was playing there. Nintoy was on the other side. Sometimes Rocher uh, Sella was there. Rocher Sella was there. Yeah. Yeah. VP Sophia. Left wing. Who was it? Chara. So Chara. So that's it. So the one yeah. we just mentioned. So aside from that, Kerala Blasters or Rahul KP. Sahal was on the left wing, but obviously he's not a winger. And uh, who else? We probably we probably should have researched before the pod, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like Bipin Singh, so the answer is given. He is just now being, you know. And that uh, is true. Bipin, hip, Bipin, Bipin, stand yeah. out. Bipin Singh stands out with his uh, winger qualities and his performance right now. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And even infant Brand Brandon was also playing on the left wing. There's so many players who were technically not wingers, but yeah, yeah. Flanks. So from a winger winger point of view, then Jesuraj is also playing wide winger. No, he is a wide uh, midfielder. Uh, he is he is a right winger. Yeah, I think. Right winger. Omar yeah. is also yeah. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Anyway. Country of wingers and wingbacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Country of goalkeepers and uh, people who do not play down the center because the spine is always foreign in every team. Country of right wingers. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, no, okay, okay, okay. Well played. That's well my played controversial show. comment. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we are talking about hippie things, the next question also is a bit hippie. comes from nadeem akash this is for you thoughts on the i league fixtures monday 2 pm instead of a sunday 2 pm or all championship group matches are the same uh, same day with a 1.5 gb data pack <laughs> yeah but this has been a, this has been a trend for ages when people wanted to murder the i league it was ridiculous i have i have gone to ludhiana for a final day incredible showdown with four, three simultaneous matches between four teams who could win the title at at thursday at on thursday at 2 pm on a work day i've traveled there taking a taking an off just to witness the final day when minerva won it it the final showdown was on a thursday at 2 pm i mean how how blatantly can you sort of mismanage a league and sh- and sort of try and try and say that you haven't really done it deliberately and in any case I think I also did one article one one day that the number of matches that were at 2 p.m. and sometimes it was forced because some of the grounds did not have uh, uh, floodlights. But like this could have been on a Saturday Sunday. But eventually, eventually, right now it doesn't matter because I think doesn't have viewership. You've not promoted it. You can do it at any time. People won't be watching. Unfortunately, that's the reality of the league. Uh, but but this time this time actually what they've done is they've they've tried to. because this is a hurried season right so you you've tried you're trying to play every 3 days every 4 days so it's it's slightly tough to maintain a a saturday sunday then a tuesday wednesday and a saturday sunday actually when i think about it it's not really tough that's what they do in europe uh, <laughs> so no i agree with you i mean i've i've lost my energy in uh, arguing or in sort of you know it's eventually you like a, that what is that story of the 
crying boy the boy who cries wolf right you keep on crying mm-hmm. crying crying happening <laughs> the wolf is always there but nobody's really watching the wolf anymore so yaar matlab this this is upm kickoffs are, are horrendous and i have only been able to watch it because i'm working from home so it's running on the background next season i won't be able to watch so much because it will be bang in the middle of the day and i'll be in office so, covid yeah so unless unless a pandemic variant uh, uh, a variant from varanasi or an ahmedabad comes up and ruins us all but uh, ahmedabad has very high chance no because some 60000 people were in one place so. yeah, yeah. Right. that's true but uh, anyway back to the topic it's, let's uh, not deviate even even <laughs> even when even when things were not running parallel to isl then even even then the i league was the scheduling was really poor Mm-hmm. I mean, it was quite ridiculous. Even even a Mohan Bagan and, Cal- and Mohan Bagan and East Bengal, the Calcutta clubs in an I League which wasn't running simultaneous to ISL were very poorly scheduled. It was quite uh, incredible the way it it was scheduled. But that that's life. Sort of, it's been ten years of reliance. So, what, what that's life. If you are an I League fan or an I League player, an I League team, whatever it is. Well, moving on, guys. The next question comes from Ajit Sandeep. This is for you. Let the South Indian in you come out. Uh, he wants to know which is the real pseudo South Indian derby in the ISL. Is it KBFC versus Chennai in, or BFC versus Chennai in, or KBFC versus BFC? Are you asking me? Yep. Okay, sorry, I in between I couldn't hear. So okay, as the, uh, as the resident, as the resident South Indian. Yes, as the resident South Indian, I think uh, I'll. T- <laughs> this is very I hope answer, you don't but... say Gokulam. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, what I wonder is why Hyderabad FC is not there. But okay. Anyway, uh, I don't think it would matter anyway. But the I would say BFC versus Chennai only, and it's a controversial topic. Huh? And only because Sunil Chetri once uh, while talking when they just joined uh, ISL, and at that time uh, Chennai was the team that they. that beat them at home in the final right when bfc right. just walked the league uh, under roka they just played everybody out of the park and then uh, got beaten at home in the final right. and uh, next season there was a edge to it and then he was saying like uh, bfc had that similar kind of a rivalry with uh, east bengal so it's like it feels a little similar because there is a little bit of that edge to that fight while uh, the argument the competition with kerala blasters is more in the stands right because blasters is never in a situation where they are going to challenge bfc for the you know top four position or title or whatever mm-hmm. so Spread it's eggs. more i mean it it is i mean you whatever said and done what i said is absolutely true agreed and and then bfc uh, also sunil again sunil in another conversation was saying how when they beat them i think 3 1 or something at at in kochi in the first season or one of the seasons when mikku was still there i think he scored two goals and sunil scored one and the whole fan base was happy to see a team play well so they applauded they were applauding bfc towards the end of the match and sunil made it a point to go around the club and sorry around the ground and you know sort of uh, acknowledge the fans for their support that they have given because at the end of the day they got to see uh, a good team a good team performance so in that way i think the five, the it's more fiery between fans within kerala and uh, bfc but i think rivalry wise on field i think probably chennai and then bfc trumpet because there is also the chennai uh, the tamil nadu karnataka thing as well right yeah, very that's a kaveri uh, derby right 
Yeah, I don't want to call it that, dude. It just seems very politically driven and totally unnecessary. I, I you know, to, to be listeners, and I'm going to keep this in the show. Naveen once gave a headline when he wrote a preview saying Kaveri Darby, and, and his boss uh, removed it, saying, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> so, I like I like to live on the edge. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I would say uh, Chennai and BFC for sure. Chennai and BFC and not Chennai and BFC is the pseudo derby you're saying no no that would be the they are all pseudo derbies because it's not a derby but that's the most uh, good rivalry between two yeah. teams i think yeah so these two kerala kerala bfc is in the stands only and that's good fun in itself but uh, yeah on the field they are nowhere maybe in whenever when i become td in kerala blasters and we start <laughs> challenging for the trophy then maybe there might be some the proper rivalry on the field well you heard it here first so, so interestingly uh, it's interesting that bfc who came into the picture what three seasons into isl fourth season right. seems hmm. to have you know because that rivalry is based on uh, success and the uh, might of the team and all that what uh, otherwise otherwise kerala versus chennai and should should be uh, like the first semi final if you remember isl Uh, inaugural inaugural ISL's first semi final what an incredible game if you remember that was mm-hmm. that sushant matthew goal which is still my favorite goal in ISL um, they won the first leg kerala blasters won the first leg 3-0 and then chennai came back to 3-3-3 and and eventually kerala won uh, in extra time so i would have thought that uh, that rivalry would be ignited that way but i also think uh, uh, a lot of the social media demographics also play a role in bfc's rivalry i mean those those are rivalries which which are very uh, um i don't know how to put it like it they're very visible they're not they're not like there's 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 great banter i don't think we look at kerala versus chennai with a great banter so kerala versus kerala versus bengaluru fc the rivalry came into the picture obviously because because of one errant video by this fool who traveled from delhi to bangalore and was in the stands i don't know if you know the background to that right no i this is the one in the train which in one the metro no no there is some metro people no, say no, you no, lost no, no so bfc were singing uh, bfc were just uh, having a pot shot at uh, reno anto and ck vinith who were in the stands during an afc cup game and when they were when they were chanting for vinith and reno there is a song there's a ck vinith uh, song um, and 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 just before that uh, just before that they were singing who the fuck are kerala blasters because vinith and anto were leaving bfc to join kerala so they were supposed mm-hmm. to be kerala players so they were just having a pot shot at who the fuck i think kerala. the club let them go i think we should uh, make it a point that in the draft the club let them go they only had down to sunil and ha So anyway, so so they were singing "Who the fuck are Kerala Blasters?" and some of the Kerala Blasters fans listened to that little three seconds in that video, and eventually it went wild, and Kerala social fan forums and everything were disgusted by the use of the word the f word, and it suddenly blew up. CEO as well, no? Sorry. Even the CEO of Kerala Blasters, he put out yeah. that whole statement. Not not just the CEO, not just the CEO. CK Vinith and Reno Anto had to put out statement. Reno Anto pretended that he was disgusted while he was dancing in the video with that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because his song is the one Reno two, Reno three, Reno Anto. That's his song. No, it's not that song. song. But the CK mm-hmm. Vinith song, the CK Vinith. Uh, uh, he's Reno Anto's man. He hates Mohan Bagan. 
that that song <laughs> okay, so, okay. So, so that was the song and everybody was dancing and just before that was the the finishing lines of the who the fuck are kerala blasters so that got recorded in the video and it it flew on kerala forums and then vineet had to <laughs> statement vineet was vineet is obviously a very progressive person so he's like chill yeah, guys yeah. it was only banter that's his that was his statement but reno anto really appeased the kerala fans and said this i'm disgusted by this and all that all the you strong language this shouldn't have been said uh this was poor behavior etc etc something along those lines so so it became a huge case and that's where even before kerala blasters and bengaluru fc started they did not they never they were never in the same league they never faced a match which is why I, which is why i finally call it a fan forum derby if you some some whoever follows me on twitter i always oh this is a fan forum derby day whenever i realize it's kerala versus bengaluru fc because it started with fan forums whereas a chennaiyan versus bengaluru rivalry started in the ground I, i i was also there in that final the isl 2008 final 2018 final and uh, so when chennai beat bengaluru fc in kantira by the way that's it's it's the anniversary of that uh, today so if you if you see today's today's twitter on uh, march 17th it's always on this day in 2018 chennai fc fans are saying i we conquered kantira and and bengaluru fc fans are saying on this day in 2019 we conquered uh, the the goa fc goa in mumbai so they all both of them have the their days on march 17 as just fyi so so when 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 chennai fc beat bengaluru fc they they dropped the most brilliantly timed banner at the kantirwa a huge banner right at the final whistle uh, everything that you have built will fall right right oh. in front of the west block i remember that That was, that, was, that was a brilliant banner even though it was a hard take for me as well because i was in the west log and i really wanted bengaluru fc to win and there were tears around me everywhere uh, but that banner was so brilliantly timed and even the west log appreciated it but the next season when bengaluru fc beat chennai and fc so they also released the same banner something along the lines of, i don't remember the exact lines but something along the lines you have to build something for it to fall <laughs> so so they were like you've not built anything so nothing is going to fall that was sort of their reply it was a very witty reply as well so there is there is a n plus amoy ghoshal is also a central amoy ghoshal is also their ceo is also a central figure in uh, uh, apparently throwing out middle fingers and all that after <laughs> so so I, you, you're right bengaluru fc versus chennai fc feels like a more authentic rivalry and uh, maybe primarily because kerala blasters is a sort of a mockery of a club right now in itself so maybe once they get serious and they once they hit the right notes in terms of football structure and football team and and start challenging for trophies it it will really hit off but I, i do think kerala any any rivalry with kerala blasters has a bigger potential to sort of bloom into something in the future maybe kerala can uh, have a rivalry with hyderabad <laughs> yeah the yellow derby the yellow derby yeah the 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 dotment of india versus the dotment partners derby <laughs> <laughs> well that's the answer for the question which is uh, on southern derby next one akarsh again from ajit this was regarding some afc champions league regulations i'm just reading out the question afc champions league regulations mandates 27 games a season league plus domestic club plus grand final you name it and everything included a team needs to play 27 matches so does this mean the next next season we will be seeing super cup back to have these 27 matches yeah definitely there will be a cup competition i think this this is already in the sort of news these days uh funny enough everything is forced here they're going to sort of revive the super cup and they're going to play it like oh wow we are reviving it but again the 
every everything that happens in indian football is so forced that you're forced to play more matches because you need that to fulfill the fulfill that eligibility criteria for afc champions league nothing happens on its own it's always sort of a somebody from a fifa or an afc sort of forced our hand to doing something which is positive for indian football uh, you wouldn't think about doing it on your own but i think i think uh, so there there were there were a couple of rumors right i don't know if it's substantiated but one was that you can have three rounds of leagues something like in a yeah that was actually yeah. probably going to happen next year ha uh, so that was that was one the other was that a team can expand and you can you can keep for the same number of rounds in the home and away and because because in generally the, in general the integrity of the competition goes to a toss goes for a toss if there are three rounds right one of the teams are going to are going to play the other twice home and one away so but uh, that evens out over two years that. Exactly, they were going to do it like how they do it in the NBA or something. No, uh-huh. even though even though over two years, but I'm just thinking yeah. about from, from the same year, wala. But it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's not even, right? Maybe maybe the Super Cup is that platform, but but if Super Cup, then then it means the Super Cup has to have a group stage or a or a proper, you know, because the, the, then teams will have to play a minimum of. But even even after that, they can't play five matches, right? Or or they can actually. So so you will have let's let's say let's say let's assume there's another team in ISL next season. So you have twelve. Then you play twenty-two matches home and away, and then the but but the winner winner goes into the Champions League. But the the winner will also play the semi-final. And so plus two to hoga. Plus two to hoga. Twenty-four. But every team has to play, Premier. So for that they need to. Oh, is that so? No, no. Yeah. Every how can every team play twenty-seven? No qualifying team, right? Qualifying team will have to play twenty-seven. Ah, oh, so they can't. No, no, that's not the thing. No, the league. I mean, the number of games has to be twenty-seven, right? Maybe it's for the league. Actually, I remember Prafulla Patel's statement, which says that ISL will have to play a minimum of twenty-seven games. I don't remember if. That's I mean, that's the only thing that I'm going by. But uh, for all Marcus had also to... said, right? I think Marcus had also said twenty-seven games minimum, but he didn't specify club or league or what. Like, I but think it was. was the plan before covid hit for the, for the season that just concluded was to have super cup as like a pre-season tournament right. and then come into a three round uh, isl which okay. at that time had uh, nine, 10 teams so 18 18 plus another uh, 9 into 3 basically yeah the yeah. so 27 in itself yeah. okay got yeah. it yeah so that was the plan that they were going with and sure. uh, yeah super cup not came into the picture so yeah. uh, if i may uh, from what i heard uh, some clubs aren't very happy with the three round format they would rather have like another club come into the mix but mm-hmm. again the thing is another club coming into the mix mix does not ensure um 27 games in the league itself right yeah. so they have to maybe... play a cup tournament then super cup yeah, is exactly. happening i think in august uh, august is the date if yeah, i'm yeah. not mistaken yeah so it's it's, it's before uh, season the yeah it's before the season august yeah yeah so probably group It'd stages yeah So I think, yeah, longer season next year, which is good, because uh, you know, a lot of the time for this podcast, uh, there is nothing to talk about <laughs> during off season until last year when the transfers became like a major thing in Indian football. Before that, nobody really cared, right? Until they announced. Yeah. Sandeep has a real life problem, you know. Ah, yeah. It's a legit issue, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, with that legitimacy, let's just move on. And I'll tell you this also. So you last year, no, no, no. Last year, I tried to make sure that this uh, this was going on consistently, in spite of a long period when there was no football. 
and what i noticed is in the beginning when i was doing interviews with players and coaches and things there was a lot of interest a lot of people were watching a lot of people were listening yeah. uh, there was all these kind of things but two months or a month whatever removed from the isl final when which was like the crescendo that hit then nobody cared <laughs> then i'm doing interviews i did some really good ones and nobody really listened to it so then i stopped for a brief period i was like there's no point because these all this good content is going to waste so i'll put it on later uh, towards closer to the closer to the season yeah. so yeah it becomes a problem that goes